Success, we are on. Welcome to the From Mess to Success podcast, a podcast where we discover, explore and unpick people's From Mess to Success stories. I'm your host, Justin, founder of From Mess to Success Coaching, author of You're Fired, You're Hired. And I'm on a mission to share stories from people who have moved from mess to success, transforming their lives along the way. And today we are joined by the legend that is Nigel Jones. Now Nigel has a unique and super interesting bio from holding senior positions with the world's largest advertising and PR brands to having 35 years experience in the creative marketing roles, including major players, P&G, Adidas, Pepsi, to name a few. Nigel also founded the boutique marketing and sales agency, The Purple Tangerine Limited, now in its 23rd year. But this isn't where the bio ends. Nigel is also a life and business coach and is founder of the health and wellness channel 9KM by 9AM and is the author of Walking Back to Happiness, The Secret to Alcohol-Free Living and Wellbeing. Nigel, welcome to the show. Is there anything you haven't done? Hi, Justin. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, is there anything I haven't done? Yeah, there's absolutely loads of things I haven't done. Um, it, it, it's funny, what you just said reminded me um, of a book I've just read, actually, um, by a guy called Arthur Arthur Brooks. Um, and it's about, uh, I think it's called Strength to Strength, uh, Finding Happiness and Purpose in the Second Half of Your Life. And uh, um, what he says in that is really interesting because uh, he says that um, your adult life starts at age 20 and, and most of us uh, believe or we'd like to believe that we'd live to 90-ish so that means your whole adult life is like 70 years so if you're 55 then you're only 50 percent into your life uh and if you're if you're 65 you're around about you know you've got 37 percent of your life left so it, it's the whole point is it's like even, you know, when you're 55, 65, 75, you've got so much more time to go in your adult life. And, and that's a great mindset to have. So the answer is, I have got loads and loads of things to do because I'm only like 56. OK, well, that completely brings us on the same page, because um, um, as you know, from a little bit of, of my journey, when we previously spoke, um, I sort of am at, feel like I'm at the half time stage within my career. Um, and I keep calling it this like game of two halves. And I've been sort of uh, at the half time stage, decided to have a real good look at where I was at in life, dust myself off, take a bit of a pit stop and really look at how I wanted this, what, how I wanted the second half of my life to look like and how I can design that life. And obviously during that sort of process, I've been really you know, giving that a lot of thought, obviously taking a lot of actions and different decisions and different pathways. So yeah, I'll um, I'll have to check that book out because that's that absolutely sort of sort of resonates with me. And um, funnily enough, I recently read another book called um, The Happiness Curve, and it was the science of um, it's sort of like the science of the hundred year life. It's kind of um, 
uh, that you find happiness and there's a lot of stats around this it's sort of going into that kind of second half you know whereas the first half can be really really bumpy which obviously is a lot of what we're going to talk about today so i find it fascinating that there's you know stats on this stuff and people writing books on this uh this um this second half of life yeah completely completely and uh yeah it's good it's a good read there and uh yeah i mean i mean for me it's um uh this whole journey uh since i stopped drinking alcohol uh back in in late 2020 is just meant meant that I've, i i feel as if i've got a second life and uh um you know there's the the great saying from mark twain that the the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why and and uh when i stopped uh, drinking alcohol when i took alcohol out of my diet i really found out who i was yeah and i think that's what i really really want to unpick today is that that second half of your journey because i think you know when i've when i've looked into it and, and read your bio and seen all the great work you're doing i think that's the part that will inspire most people is that that journey that you've undertaken and the journey that, that you're on now but i think what i'd like to do is is just to sort of cover um your professional life before we delve into in into all the good stuff because to be honest i didn't know where to start um when looking at your life particularly your your career because i just looked at everything that you achieved and i sort of had this reference point in my head of this this jerry Maguire figure like managing uh, talent and pr machines and and sort of you know i had this vision of of what that looks like which is like total excess total seven nights a week um you know entertaining clients and and and, and living this sort of like boozy lifestyle have i have i painted the right picture uh, yeah, completely. I mean, it, it was absolutely crazy. Um, I, I worked in the PR business uh, from the late 80s. Um, well, I'm still in it, really, because uh, I, st- I still run my own agency called the Purple Tangerine. Um, uh, and but back in the back in the 90s, uh, yeah, it was a crazy it was a crazy world. And uh, and it was all about excess really there were there were large client budgets and uh it was all about entertaining and you know the clients we had were were ones who were who were sponsoring major events so they were putting their names on you know the olympics or the world cup or 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 golf tournaments or or rugby world cup and mm-hmm. you know when 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 brands do that they they do it so they they not only build awareness of who they are but they do it to entertain their clients and and so sports marketing um that sort of jerry Maguire world um is really all about entertaining clients and um and that comes a part of that part of that package is normally expensive wine and champagne and and the best seats in the house for uh, the world's top sporting events so yeah I, I i had a great time uh working working uh in that area but obviously it has its downsides if uh, uh in the the excess can uh lead to uh health problems uh in later life yeah absolutely and i think um yeah it, it all takes its toll eventually even though you don't realize it at the time because i think the world we live in and what i'm seeing is it just becomes the society norm um and you know as 
I, as somebody who lived in Vegas for a couple of years, um, a, a kind of uh, dangerous, um, dangerous sort of <laughs> dangerous age um, in my early thirties, I was. Uh, I was exposed to excess beyond what I thought was imaginable. So, and uh, I don't think this is probably the podcast to be uh, revealing all those stories. Um, but um, yeah, I'm. That I'm needs sure to stay that, in Vegas, I think. Yeah, that definitely needs to stay in Vegas, and I think there's real truth in that. Um, in that, what happens? Uh, um, to, so um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in a way, but differently familiar, familiar with with, with that world. So. I think, you know, you're in this world, everything's feeling normal. Uh, you're at the mountaintop of, of success, um, what society is deeming success, um, but coming, it comes with a lot of excess. So at what point, and it, these are the kind of things I'm interested in is, at what point does these feelings start to, to take place? And by feelings, I mean, you know, something doesn't quite feel right. Uh, I mean, if I'm truly honest with myself, I've I've known pretty much all my life that you know that drinking alcohol was was bad for me. I, I think I, I think we all lie to ourselves because society tells us it's a fun thing to do. It's you know if if you're everybody else is drinking, so if you're if you're not drinking, you're not fun, um, and you just you know end up jumping on that bandwagon and just going with the flow, but. But as you get older, um, it starts to catch up with you. Uh, uh, I think someone in their twenties or thirties, you can get away with these these excessive nights um, and the continual drinking. And I'm not talking about a lot of drinking here. It's just it's just the fact that it's in your life and you're and and you're doing it on a regular basis. I mean, it starts to wear you down. Um, and and for me, I really you know started to look at it more seriously when i had a young family um uh so i had you know young children growing up i mean i wasn't drinking massive amounts i was probably at the you know that uh, it was about a bottle of wine a day which is still some people would say wow that's crazy that's a lot and but it was manageable i you know i, I managed my, my my businesses um i still got up early went to work and, and ran profitable yeah. companies um but i didn't feel good um uh i was you know anxious i wasn't sleeping correctly i was most nights i'd wake up in the middle of the night i'd go to the loo because either i drunk too much alcohol or i drunk too much water to combat the effects of alcohol mm. um uh and the thing that i was you know doing which which everyone says oh i'll have a drink to relax was was the thing that was actually making me anxious um and and it was you know it was the one thing that was actually poisoning me um and it, it just gets to a stage for me that didn't come the finally until i was in my early ish 50s when i said right that's it enough is enough i am now stopping uh and you know i i'd probably over the 35 years that or plus that i'd drunk alcohol um, had thousands and thousands of what I would call day ones, whereby you say, well, today's the day I'm going to stop drinking, even if it's just for a, a week. Um, but I never, ever got to a week. Can you believe that? I mean, I, I got to six days, I think twice, 
And then what mm-hmm. did I do on day six? I rewarded myself with a drink because I got that far. <laughs> oh, my Absolutely God. Yeah, yeah. Bonkers. Yeah, why do we do that? <laughs> I think the further you go from the ship initially, so the, the further you get from away from alcohol, you start to forget how bad it is. Um, you romanticise it. So, so you, you know, after six days, you can only remember... Th- uh, what you believe were the great things like, oh, that sort of rushy feeling when I have that first drink and it relaxes me. Um, you forget about all the anxiety and the sleepless nights and, you know, the headaches and all the hangovers and the rubbish. That's not there anymore. You're just, you're just concentrating on the one thing that, you know, the, the tiny little benefit that you think it has. Um, so I think that's the answer to it. Yeah, and I think, you know, although you use the word romanticise in sort of different contexts, I think the whole alcohol world since its inception has been romanticised, right? I mean, I know, you know, looking at your your sort of background and, and bio, you talked a lot about how um, you... You know, you didn't grow up in a, a normal drinking household. Um, it was special occasions, but you also then go on and talk about that alcohol was really associated with successful people. And obviously, you, um, a little bit older than me, so you grew up in that kind of real celebration um, era that you, you, you know, you, you, you had to drink. Um, all your role models were were seen to be drinking. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm sort of, um, you know, what what were the classes? Generation X, sort of born in 1966, and um, you know that that generation, my generation, um, uh, really grew up with. You know, the, we only had like four TV channels in the 70s, and and you know, wherever it was, ten or so national newspapers and a few radio channels. So there were the media was pretty much, you know, there, there was only a handful of maybe twenty maximum, and if you if you watched a movie, you, you went to the cinema. Um, and and so the messages were pretty much controlled. And But everywhere, when you looked at those media, um, alcohol was completely um, woven into society as a successful thing to, to be doing. So you'd have, you know, in Formula One, you know, you'd have James Hunt pouring champagne over himself and drinking it after, you know, in the car. Uh, having finished the race, you know, you'd have um, uh, football players soaking themselves in, in beer in, in the bath after, after the match. Mm-hmm. It, it was just everywhere, you know, it was uh, it was at births, it was at marriages, it was at deaths, it still is. But, you know, in the 70s, it was, you know, um, uh, Joan Collins drinking sort of martinis with Leonard Rossiter and or, or, or James Bond drinking his, you know, three bottles of whiskey in like a couple of hours and still managing to save the world. And, you know, you, you, you were growing up with all these messages, um, which I, they are still there uh, and, and they're there on a massive, massive basis still. Um, but that, that sort of pushes you into, um, you know, b- believing that drink is just a normal thing to do. I, I, I was talking to an American friend um, the other day. He's, he, he, came, he used to live in this state, uh, the UK, and he came over to uh the, the the uk just for a for a few days and he and he sort of binged watched um you know the the, the evening television mm. and so he started like at 5 30 with emma dale then he moved on to coronation street and then then he went like EastEnders. <laughs> and he basically said that he'd spent like the equivalent of about two and a half to three hours in a bar <laughs> or, 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 and I, I you know i didn't even think about it because it's just so normal but what's happening there subliminally is that you're watching those programs between five and eight and you just basically go into the pub and watch 
It's absolutely crazy. I mean, and that's that. If that's not subliminal advertising, I just do not know what is. And so, uh, uh, all our families, if you let them watch these soaps, are just getting soaked in booze. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I've never thought about it like that. But of course, from an outsider, like when we go to when we go to America, we just sit there and watch adverts, and and like we're like, oh my god, have you seen the adverts for like medicine and pharmacy and hospitals and and stuff? And they come here going, yeah, but have you seen the adverts for booze and yeah, and that sort sort of sort of drinking culture? Do you do you think these two? Um, Obviously, we're seeing all this alcohol-free advertising now at airports and massive billboards. Do you think the two are kind of running parallel now alongside each other? Do you think one's going to, alcohol-free is going to overtake, you know, alcohol in these two worlds running alongside each other? Or do you think it's kind of like alcohol will always be the front runner? Uh, I mean, where we are at the moment is uh, I think alcohol free is probably only like 1% of the market. I mean, it, it's right. still very small. I mean, you, you've only got to, I think because we're both non drinkers, we, we see it a, a lot bigger than it is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's cognitive dissonance, isn't it? So, so effectively, um, you know, if you if you own a mini, you see other mini drivers. If you yeah. own a you own a, a, a watch, an Omega watch, you, you you see Omega watches everywhere. And, and this is this is the, the the reality is is that although I'd like to believe that alcohol free is a, is a massive massive growing movement, which it is, but it's still small. And 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 it would it's going to take um, a lot of uh, change for it to really become like mainstream. Just like you know what happened to cigarettes. I mean, c- cigarettes were like Everybody was smoking in the fifties, but hardly anybody does now. You know, everybody really knows, you know, the the, the risks, uh, uh, what what uh, smoking does to you. And and I think it, it's it's a slow change, but there are lots of people like myself and you and, and others out there. Who, you know, as long as we're shouting about it and shouting about the fact that you know this stuff does kill you, there is another way. And 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 really, the addiction is more for a lot of people. Ninety odd percent of the people, it's a psychological addiction, uh, and and it's like, i.e., you believe alcohol is fun, you believe it's romantic, it's great for you, it makes you fun, and you know, a sexy person, and it's absolutely the other way round. Mm. It's not that at all, and it, it, this belief change comes with time, um, and it's going to take government to change their mind to get on board uh it's going to take um you know the new generation of gen gen z or you know these this the 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 18 year olds now are drinking less and less so i think there is change happening which is great um but it's there's a hell of a long way to go yeah yeah and uh i think you're right on that one percent yeah we see it as something bigger the alcohol free space because obviously we're, we're involved in it but if we weren't we wouldn't be we wouldn't be looking at these billboards as close as we are. I think that's, um, I think that's a, a good point. And, you know, also I think with the 18 year olds now and the younger generation that are giving up, giving up alcohol, I think social media must be playing a big role in that because obviously for, for you know, for me, um, social media wasn't around when I was young and going crazy. And I think if it was, I wouldn't be, di- I wouldn't have done half the things that I did, all those embarrassing moments, all those kind of sticky situations, you know, I think, uh, 
for this this young generation now the fact that everything um i mean imagine being at a party with like 18 to 21 year olds the whole the whole thing's being filmed right whether it's in a house party or a bar it's like there's no getting away from any of that yeah exactly and uh, you know i think just just back to this whole debate about um what will change it what will swing it um it, it really is. It really is down to governments, I think, because there's some, there's this news that came out like about a month ago about the Japanese government is actually trying to encourage people to drink more because they're <laughs> Japanese teenagers drinking less, um, which is having a massive effect uh, effect on the economy because they can't get as much tax as they were getting. Uh, and so, so you can see. I mean, you know, they're being really open about it. I mean, they'd be crazy doing that over here in the UK, but it sort of is still going on though subliminally. Um, and, and, you know, if we, when you see these adverts like the Heineken Zero, the Formula One, um, I mean, the reality is, you know, it, it, it's advertising space that you think they're promoting Heineken Zero, but you've still got the Heineken brand right in your face. And again, over 90, 95 percent of the things they sell are alcohol you know are alcohol products they're not the zero products so yeah. promoting heineken zero is also an advert for heineken yeah of course of course yeah i didn't didn't sort of yeah of course yes i didn't quite connect the dots on that but now you've mentioned it that makes that makes perfect sense so okay so let's just uh revert back to 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 you and, and your journey you mentioned um thousands of day ones celebrating on the on the day six so putting that to one side what led you up to your first day one where you've never then gone back um i think i think it was my age and the fact that um i'd i you know if we if we go back say almost two years i was i was 17 and a half stone maybe a bit more um i was uh uh, uh, I was not fit. I was, you know, overweight, not sleeping, um, had anxiety, had a couple of panic attacks in sort of like the six months before I finally stopped drinking, uh, which I actually didn't know what they were until I got to the hospital. They told me they were a pan- panic attack. Sort of. I mean, if you ever have one of these that you, you think you're going to die, it's like sort of like mm-hmm. uh, a, a fake sort of heart attack. Um, but it's just called it's caused by anxiety, believing there's something wrong with you. Uh, and, and, there was something wrong with me. It was I was drinking too much alcohol. And um, I just, you know, that was all building up. I had to do something about it. And and I think there, there was a trigger, uh, a final trigger. And um, I, I've said I've said I've said this a, a few times in, in interviews, but I, I was my, my son was uh, is at university in Cardiff and I, I went down to pick him up after the Christmas, uh, to, to bring him back home to Kent for the Christmas holidays. Um, and so we had this sort of wonderful sort of four, four and a half hours uh, time in the quality time in the car together, uh, where he told me about what had happened to him uh, in the first three months of going away uh, to university. And it was just mind blowing, you know, all the stuff he was up to. And I was as a dad, I was so proud that he was like finding out all these new things in his mm-hmm. life. And, he, and you know, he'd 
blown the nest and he was now, you know, becoming a young man. And and but then I thought to myself, you know, my God, um, you know, my number is not up. You know, I, I, li- I literally need to um, take a, a leaf out of his book and, and, and do something uh, with my life as well. So so basically um, that was almost like uh, uh, well, it was a major trigger for me to 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 actually um, to change. And, and the next morning I woke up and that was, you know, I stopped drinking and I haven't drunk for almost two years. So that was the real pivotal moment. That was the real sort of turning point. Yeah, it was. Um, and I, I literally, I, I took, I, I, went, I did one of these challenges. So I signed up for a, a 28-day alcohol-free mm. challenge. It was, it was like with one year no beer. Um, and, uh, I, when I got to 28 days, I just, you know, realized that I wasn't going to go back. It was just so, so good. I wanted to go to the next phase, which is a 90 day challenge. And then when I got to 90 days, I, I just thought, right, I've got to do a year. Um, and I, and I, I sort of believed that I could do that year. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, the rest is history really. And, and uh, over that time, I, I I've, uh, yeah, I, I've just completely changed. I mean, I, I, I've lost four, four and a half stone. I, I my blood uh, pressure is 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 fantastic. I, I, I my heart heartbeat uh, beats per minute are down by ten, ten or so, even maybe even higher than that, twelve or so beats per minute. Um, I went to have my MOT at the GPs, and uh, that came in at sort of you were five years younger and. Uh, and normally I would have been five years older. So I sort of saved 10, I've saved like 10 biological years by, by stopping drinking. So, so yeah, that, um, and I've written a book, um, called walking back to happiness, the secret of alcohol free living. Um, just so much has happened. Um, I've also walked over a hundred marathons in the mornings. Uh, and so, so yeah, you know this new Nigel is just a completely different person to the old drinking me, and um, no, I would not go back to that way of living. Yeah, and we need to talk about those hundred marathons because yeah, when I saw when I saw that on your bio, I was like, oh my god, I thought there was a, an extra zero put on there for for fun. I was like, Let, we, we need to unpick that. Um, so just to break that down um, into segments, so. That first year challenge, that 365 days, what was the, the real notable changes immediately in, in your health or, yeah, in the, your, or, or in your well-being? Yeah, the, the, the first thing you notice immediately on day two is the fact that you, you just don't have a hangover and obviously you've got a clear head. Um, I, I, I went at this as well with uh, a, a different mindset because I, I knew how to fail um uh this challenge uh because i'd failed it thousands of times um but but you know for, you, you only really get success by failing and and um because i knew how to fail um i also knew how to do it properly uh i've been kidding myself for, for years that um that, that, that i couldn't do it but i and it's all about having the right belief and the right mindset so so i basically decided from day one that that my mindset was that I am a non-drinker um mm. and 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 that's what I didn't do before what I'd done before was I was a drinker trying to become a non-drinker uh and that is just doomed to failure because I haven't changed my mindset I'm still 
drinker. I'm still the drinking person. So what I did was I literally said, right, well, you know, if there is a mountain to climb, I'm already at the top of it. Um, I've got to non-drinking status. And I did it like that. I just clicked my fingers and told myself I am a non-drinker. And that honestly is how easy it is. Um, And then the work starts. So if you get there immediately, it's a lot easier to, uh, if you're at the top of the mountain and you have a craving, you only fall down a little bit and there's only a little bit uh, 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 to climb back up to the top. But if you're you're at the bottom when you start of the mountain, when you start this journey, then you're looking up at it thinking, oh my God, that's a long, Mm. long way to go. Uh, And that's the mindset of someone who's not going to get there. Um, and, and so so basically, top of the mountain, day one, non-drinker, and I really had to, I knew I had to have on board the beliefs that, and the values of someone who didn't drink. So over that first month, I started working on those values uh, and those be- beliefs to actually, you know, solidify them and become, you know, the, the, the strongest non-drinker I could become. And then as, as time evolved... Um, the old person, uh, the, the drinking me, just went forever. Yeah, I think that's really, really powerful. Do you write about that in your book, this mountain top? Because I think that's something that I'm sat here just thinking, if people un- if people adopted that principle or read that in your book or they yeah. talk about it, I think that's uh, something powerful to really, really look at. Because I, I, I agree, most people just look at the top of the mountain top from the bottom and think, how yeah. do I get there? It's so far away with any lifestyle massive change, any behavior change, any habit change. You generally look at that top of the mountain and go, um, you know, and then obviously the limiting beliefs can come in. It's like, oh, my God, you know, how do I get there? Everyone else can. I can't. I'm not good enough. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah. Do, do, do you talk about it in your book or write about it? Yeah, it's a central part of the book, basically. And so, 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 so the book is all about you know, discovering the secret to how to live an alcohol free life. And um uh, what I wanted to do, because I, I was just amazed how um, I, I I finally worked out how to do it. I wanted to share it with everybody else. And and the reality of this is, is, is actually creating a new way of thinking. And one of the first things um, I read was some philosophy from uh, an American philosopher called Thoreau, um, who lived in the New York state area in the 1840s and 50s. Uh, He wrote a book called Walden, um, which of the time was uh, about him leaving uh, New York and going to live in the wilderness and building his own log cabin and living off the land. So, you know, he had enough of the hustle and bustle of of society. Um, And and in that book, um, there's loads of great quotes, but the one that sort of resonated uh, one uh, with me was um, about uh, uh, footsteps on the earth and and thoughts in the mind. And he likens... uh, creating a path in the woods to um, a one single, he says basically one single step won't make a pathway in the wood. But if you walk uh, continuously many, many times, that pathway will appear. And, and similarly, he goes on to say that one single thought in the mind will not create a new way of thinking. But if you think uh 
that thought again and again and you do it over and over again then that new pathway will appear in the mind that new way of thinking that mm-hmm. new belief uh, and and that is so true and, I, and I'm, I'm a very visual person and i just thought that you know i just think about new beliefs as being um creating new paths in the forest and you know they're easy to do you just got to walk through there a few times and and i, and I link that into um uh, the buddhist teaching which is all about that um all uh, we live our lives um uh, on the tip of intentions which is basically means that everything that we do is down to what we intend to do or our intentions Hmm. so 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 the the teaching says that um if you intend to do something then which is it will become the deed i.e you will do it um uh and then if you do enough of these deeds they become habits and if you do, if the, if you keep the habit, it becomes uh, effectively your character, and that mm-hmm. character leads to your destiny. So, so, so from a simple intention, um, like I fancy a drink, um, and you do it, and you do it a lot, and you fancy that drink every day, then you know that becomes your destiny. Alcohol is is woven into your life. So, if your intention is not that, and it's to be a healthy person, have the value and the belief that you are going to be a healthy fit person then your intention will not be to drink it will be to go for a walk it will be to eat uh, food which is good for you to drink lots of water to go to bed at a time and get some good good night's sleep and the these are the values and the which which actually drive the intentions of the non-drinker of the new me and so so basically by doing some value work and belief work and purpose work finding out who you are you're able to change your intentions. And when you change your intentions, you change your life. And and and, and that is really the power of my book. Um, I, I help people who read it see uh, how you can go on this journey. And it really is taking a really big inward look at yourself and who you want to be, where you want to go to. And it's all about changing your story, changing your life. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that was that was really powerful. And I subscribe to everything you say there, um, because the the foundations of all what you've just said is 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 quite wrapped up in in the work I'm I'm doing as well. Interestingly, um, I put a take. I haven't talked about it too much, but I take a um, the Buddhist teaching you mentioned. I sort of take a and the, the setting of intentions. I take a bit of a different um, view on on that in terms of like the law of compounding. So, um, which obviously you know, law of compounding really comes from a like financial sense, right? As you compound into a stock market and then it you know pays dividends and give you it back. But actually, if you compound, if you do bad things, they compound into other bad things, right? Yeah. So, you know people we, we grow up where they called cannabis the gateway drug or if you go to the bar you then go to the club that night and the club leads to the after party so it it's all a form of compounding but actually it works the other way if you you know if you do good things and good lifestyle habits they compound you know um giving up alcohol can lead to oh and then i tried this and then i tried that and then i'm all of a sudden i'm i'm you know i'm into yoga meditation wellness and and that whole compounding uh thing opens up so no 
I um yeah I, I I can totally totally resonate with that and I think um yeah I, I I think that's really powerful. So you mentioned a couple of things about wanting to tell your story, wanting to give back, wanting to share what you had, had sort of been through. You know, where did that drive come from? Because that's 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 super super interesting. I think it just naturally happens when you go alcohol free, um, because when, when you when you look at yourself um, and you take a big look at yourself, you step outside and, and you look back, you, you you can see, you know, what where you don't want to be and you can see where you want to be. And I think naturally, as humans, we are caring beings. We, we, we like to um, care for one another um, and uh, it, not that I didn't care for anyone before, but I actually, it's almost like become a central part of who I am that I want to give back. Um, mm. uh, I was always charitable, but I'm really charitable now. And, and, uh, and I think, I think it comes from, um, uh, I, I really got into meditating and mindfulness. And, and, and I think as you become more mindful of yourself, you become more mindful of others um and gratitude starts to play a massive role in your life um it, it, there's nothing uh, i like doing more than actually doing a good deed for someone else because actually it makes you it makes you feel really good uh let forget about the actual you know the nice thing that, that it's delivering for the person which is great it also makes you feel really good as well that you've done something um so there's a double win on it really you, you, you've you've done something for someone and that they're happy and then, but also also you get you get a, a a kick out of it as well which just drives the whole of your happiness i think so um yeah it just it's unexplainable really i think it just it just sort of happens to you when mm -hmm. you go alcohol free and uh you leave it behind because you know let's face it man if i look back on my life uh, which it was i mean it, it was basically even though i was you know doing really well in a good job a good career um you know on paper it looked as if you know this guy has it all but it was pretty lackluster really when i compare it to what i've got now um, I mean, it, it's like, oh, my God, this is just like, you know, 100 times better because I just feel so good. Um, all all the haze and the cloud and the, you know, the rubbish that alcohol brings is just gone. Um, and, and that just, you know, you still have problems. I'm not saying it's like, you know, happy mm. land, but, you know, but, but, but it's a lot happier than the other land. Uh, and, and you can also deal with stuff um, a lot easier when you're not in the haze. Um, I, I really think the answer to this is, is all in the fact that when you stop drinking, you become more present. Uh, and by that, um, I, I mean you you actually start living more in the now um and and when you drink you definitely leave the present because the the only reason you would drink or one of the main reasons people drink is to actually try to forget about where they are now or to go mm. somewhere called let's have a fun time um you know fun time is not you know at the bottom of a glass you know fun time is 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 here it's in the now it's already here you just got to know where to look for it and and i think um by stopping drinking you actually definitely become uh more present and you 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 th you're not worried about the past you're not fretting about the future 
And there are studies that say that, that the average person uh, is thinking about the past or worrying about the future, something like 50% of the time. So um, of the, I think it's something like 60,000 thoughts that rush through our minds every day, 30,000 of them are basically about the past or the future. So that means you cannot be in the now because you're somewhere else. It's like going for a walk and you never don't really see anything because all you're thinking about is, oh, what did I say last night? Or what am I going to do when I meet this person next week? And mm. that that's literally not being in the now. So if you can uh, uh, start to move towards the now, you can almost double your life because if you can get rid of that 50% of uh, when you weren't there and you bring it into that and you become there, then you've effectively doubled your life on this planet um, just by actually being mindful, thinking less about the past and, more, and less about the future and, and being more in the now. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think you, you can write another book on this, Nigel. I think that's absolutely powerful. That especially Already on the drawing board. Already on the drawing board, especially that presence point, because I think, uh, yeah, that's something I can really, really resonate with is this, this being present and... Um, especially when I'm with um, with with the ones that matter the most, the closest ones to me, the family. It's just, you know, not worrying about... I mean, I talk a lot about alcohol-free holidays, and I think that's where I really experience pre presence because I'm, you know, think about non-alcohol-free holidays when I was drinking. I'm, you know, you're immediately thinking about, oh, I need that beer, I'm in the sun, I'm, you know, where do I... You know, I'm chasing that kind of, like... Um, few drinks to numb out whereas when you're not drinking you're completely present you've got space to think about being present because you're not thinking about chasing that you know i need a few drinks because I'm, I'm on holiday um something you mentioned there and i might have to borrow is uh it's not a happy land uh but it's better than the other land i quite like that so i love that so uh yeah if you uh that is in the book yeah if you oh it's, it's copyrighted is it oh okay exactly. i might i might have to put it in my own words you know me um okay so inspiration for 9km by 9am so i was blown away by this so you you effectively um, we've touched on it but just to just to clarify you've walked clocked up over 100 marathons um for to break it down for the listener you every single day you go out and walk um 9k before before 9am it's now a movement it's a global movement um and um talk to us a little bit about that yeah so i've been doing this now coming up to 17 months so i, I started on may 26 2021 um and uh it started with uh because i was like six months into my alcohol free journey um uh i was much much healthier and, and much more fitter and wanting to do more uh, energetic things and so i was doing these like virtual walks uh which were like you know i was walking from land i've walked from land's end to john O'Groats. so i've done chicago to los angeles and i'm currently doing the great wall of china so um all in all these the, you know land's end to john O'Groats are a thousand miles the cross america was 2200 the chinese one is 2300 um but on the first one i did um, I was actually in a race really against my sister. So we were both um, walking to 
like from Land's End to John O'Groats, I would add virtually. So we're not really yeah. doing this, but we're actually. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah we're, we're sort of walking down country lanes. Well, I was, and every step I took actually went towards the the, the virtual walk. Um, and I worked out that, that if I was going to beat her and arrive in um, uh, John O'Groats before her, I really needed to up my game and do fifteen thousand steps a day, um, and. 15,000 steps for me was approximately or is approximately nine kilometers. Um, and I had to do it early uh, because I was, you know, I'm running my company. Um, and so I did it before nine o'clock. So after having done a, so, you know, three or four or five of these walks, it, it became like um, a thing I was telling myself that I'd done 9K by 9 by nine a.m. Uh, and really the brand just fell out of that. And, and I, I just decided, oh, wow, I can, you know, I've got a great name for, <laughs> for doing this, these walks every day. And, and uh, so I, I registered the website and, um, and basically, uh, it, you know, I, I've done it every day, uh, as I say, for 17 months. And so, so doing those 9k every day it, it adds up to around it's normally around about 10 so you end up doing about 300 kilometers a month um which is uh which is which is something like eight marathons a month um so, so and I've, obviously i've been doing it 17 months so i've, I've done well over I, i've done well over 100 marathons actually um uh, and and it's just life-changing it just makes you feel good i mean it's you know you just uh, it, it's my fitness plan um mm-hmm. I, I only i only really have three goals um and and they're they're journey goals or day goals um so i, I don't have long-term goals as such because i think if you have long-term goals you never really achieve them so 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 what what i, I don't have a goal to lose weight or i don't have a a, a goal to um uh you know get my heart rate down um I, my goal is basically the first one is to get up at five o'clock and and go for a walk so that's that's goal one um goal two is meditate for 20 minutes a day um which i do on the walk uh and goal three uh, is don't drink alcohol so so, so they're all easily achievable because mm. they're just day goals and the first two i've done by um by really five thirty six o'clock because once you got your shoes on you're out the door you're doing the 9k walk um and i'm meditating so so um by nine o'clock i've achieved two of my daily goals and the and the, and the third one don't drink alcohol is is now it's well it always was a really easy goal for me because I, I changed my beliefs about it um but it's now a very very easy goal and then from that everything just comes into place so uh all, all my health goals just fall into place because of those three journey goals which come out of the 9km by 9am walking basically mm. yeah and i think we could do a whole separate podcast on setting goals that yeah. that make yeah. that setting goals that you can't fail at right that making yeah. making goals easily cuz i know there's all sort of science and formulas around that and atomic habits and stuff which you know making things easy so you don't miss goals and obviously I'm sort of delving into into some of that world. So, um, a couple of questions: Have you ever missed a day? No. So on this, basically, uh, the only day I didn't go out uh, and do the full nine k was the 18th of February because it was a there was a hurricane in the UK and it was advisable <laughs> not to go out. I mean, it was really really windy down here in Kent. I mean, um, so I did go out in the afternoon. Uh, I did about five-ish k, and I um, walking around, but there was there must have been about four hundred trees down, um, uh, plus all the slates off the roof. So that, that was the only day I didn't do it. But obviously, uh, it, my mindset was to make those kilometres up 
the next day. So I did I did a, a longer walk the next day. Um, I, I also a, a few times of of um, my mother is in a a ninety, so I, I go I go down to Cardiff mm. regularly to uh, a couple of times a month to to look after her. Um, and uh, if I'm doing that, I leave early in the morning, but I'll do the nine k a bit later in the day. Um, right. okay. So, but but really for me, um, I'm always up at five, um, and and I'm full of energy. Uh, and I'm ready to go for the walk. I mean, I really, really look forward to these things, uh, to these these walks. I mean, I did 11 and a half K this morning and I, I left at about 5.35. Um, and it was just a great morning today. Uh, one of the best sunsets, sunrises I've seen for, for ages. Um, but it, every walk is different and uh, it's just about being in nature and it really sets you up for the day. Um We've got a 9km by 9am challenge group on Facebook and there's a load of us doing an October challenge, which is to do five 9km walks in October. Um, so if anyone wants to do that, go to, go to the Facebook page. It's uh, yeah. it's good fun. Okay, so and how long do you in sort of envision this go- going on for? I mean, you know, are you kind of like in it for the long haul in terms of you will just carry on until you who you don't carry on you know is is you know is there a forest gump vibe here or what's uh what's what, what's the what's the future look like for you actually not for the brand but for you actually getting out walking uh 9k by 9am yeah i mean i I've, i don't even think about it but as ending it's it's, mm, it's, uh, it's just, just something it. i do i mean i really enjoy it um it's just like I, i'm i'm not thinking about you know uh drinking again so it's it's a bit like that really it's just something i'm really enjoying doing at the moment um uh i i, I don't want to stop so i'm going to carry on going uh i mean the benefits are just huge i mean i i i just know i'm changing slowly um you yeah. can just you can just see it's one of those things like you don't uh so over the last 18 months you know i used to be a 40 waist i'm, I'm 34 wow. now um, wow. but, but what happens is you throw out all your 40 trousers and you buy a few 38s. Then I throw those out and I have to buy some 36s. <laughs> and now I'm buying 34s. And I'm sort of like moving a little bit to like 33. Uh, and so it's, it, the only downside is it's a bit expensive um, buying new clothes. But um, but you don't see it straight away. You, you see it really slowly. Um, and I just know that this is happening. So, so every day I do a walk. I just know I'm chipping away at the of the of the, the journey. It's just uh, a fantastic journey. So it's it's almost the destination. So I'm actually at the destination. The the goal has become the destination. So mm. by getting up and walking is where I'm going. Um, you know that is that is my goal. Um, that is I'm there. So I'm I, I'm doing it daily. Um, so I just don't think about stopping because it's it's just who I am. Um, it would be like you know cutting my hand off or something. I just can't even think about not doing that now. Well, listen, don't go below a thirty-two waist because uh, I'll, I'll I'll start to get jealous. So uh, um, I think just keep it where you are at the moment. You can give um, me some of your old suits then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They're they're collecting dust. Um, so. <laughs> If, you know, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, yeah, Nige, um, I just don't know if I can get out for 9K, you know, I've got the kids, I've got 
Um, I've got a lot to do in the morning. Um, I've got to get ready for work. Um, what, what, you know, what, what do you sort of say people say to people that kind of almost love the idea, but from a practical point of view, they might be struggling to start. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the reason is there's always an excuse you can come up with not to do something. Mm. Always. If you, if you don't want to do it, you won't do it. Um, it's like the old sort of Henry Ford thing, isn't it? You know, sort of you, you um, uh, about sort of uh, what was it? I can't remember this say, the saying exactly. It was something whether you, about um, whether you can or you can't. You're probably yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Whether you think you can or whether you think yeah. you can, you're probably right. And and so so with nine km by nine am, what what we do is uh, I always say that if you just get up and go for a walk, um, it's not about doing the full nine kilometers. Um, a lot of people who do it um, do one k, one k, or two k, or or they go for a, a cycle ride, or or they go for a run. Um, the, the whole point is is to challenge yourself. Um, and what you will soon find is that if you get into challenging yourself, um, and let's say you can uh, you you can't walk further than two k, then then have a go at doing two k. Yeah. Um, get up uh, early, go for a walk, watch the sunrise, because that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of being out early in the morning, um, and and doing some physical activity, uh, and it and it really is a game changer. So. Okay, if you if your working um, hours are mean that you can't do that, then do it on the weekends or do it in in uh, when you get a day off or or actually do it later in the day or do it at sunset. Um, it's entirely up to you, but I think you know it's all about making it happen. Um, it's not putting. Uh, we can always all write down a list of why we can't do something. Mm. Write down a list of how you can do it and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally get that, and I've adopted some of that in um, when I've been uh, focused on sort of wanting to start something or, or wanting to achieve something. So, okay, brilliant. Thanks for sharing that, Nigel. Um, your book, Walking Back to Happiness, is is out now. Um, it sounds like it's absolutely full of uh, stories and and different sort of uh, formulas on 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 how to. <laughs> you know, live a better life and, 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 and to live without alcohol. Um, and um, also, obviously, I've been following your work now for some time. Some time I saw you on um, Susie Shaw, the ex-singer from Hearsay, doing an Instagram live, which was brilliant the other morning. Um, so, you know, what's where's all this going to, Nigel? What, 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 what's the future? I was going to say the future's orange. <laughs> you would say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's ingrained in my mind. Of course it is. I mean, my God, that was great, great advertising. Yeah. But um, the future the future for me is 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 basically giving back. It's writing books. It's being a coach. I, I qualified as a coach. Mm. Um, and uh, when I went alcohol free, I knew I wanted to give back. And the, the best way to do that was 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 getting an accreditation uh, as a coach and and now i work with clients uh, corporates and individuals um helping them basically uh, change change their stories and change their lives so um ha- habit change transformation transformational change uh, is what i specialize in mm. um so the future for me is really um 
doing more uh, writing more uh, more books there's one there's one i'm actually penning at the moment and 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 building um my coaching base of clients so uh, and i'm really really looking forward to it, it it's amazing sort of I, i've aligned you know what i want to do um uh with my purpose and my purpose you know is is to give back and to help others and to learn and to be um uh show up for my family basically show up for my kids my my wife my friends uh, and just be there and present um and and i just find that you know writing the books and and coaching others and helping others go who are going on this journey um really makes me happy hmm. yeah and i think that's uh that's that's super super powerful and it sounds like you're in a, in a in a really really good space so to start wrapping up your book walking back to happiness is out now in all formats on amazon um and people can find you at 9 km by 9 a.m um on a website and on facebook yeah that's right if you, if yeah. you just put 9 km by 9 a.m into a browser there's a website dot uh, com uh, 9 km by 9 a.m dot com uh 9 km by 9 a.m is literally if you on facebook instagram tiktok linkedin um so yeah that's that's how you find me so you can you know find out about the books the coaching and the walks brilliant i'm sure um you're going to get a lot of people checking you out hopefully um engaging with you buying your book um and jumping on uh, the 9km by 9am um group and uh, and hopefully thinking about what changes they can make within within their life Nigel, it's been fascinating. I feel we could have um, gone on and on, but I think that's a really good place to uh, to, to wrap up. Thanks for coming on. Um, look forward to seeing the rest of your journey and how it all unfolds. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Justin. I really enjoyed it. All right, you take care. Okay.